Well, hello there, top teachers. We are your hosts, Bridget Spackman. And Michelle Emerson, and we are here to make your life easier by helping you master your time, organization, and productivity as a teacher. Today's episode is going to be chatty. Which chatty episodes are some of our favorite things to be able to record? Michelle and I have both watched the Home Edit on Netflix, and we are going to be sharing our thoughts with each other and all of you listening. But first, we have a TSH, a time-sucking hurdle, from a top teacher. This top teacher says, After I listen to your episodes, I get all organized and have everything in a specific spot in the classroom. After a couple of days, I start thinking that my old ways of just putting stuff anywhere is easier. I then spend a lot of time searching for papers because they are not organized. How do I keep a new habit? Also, on the last episode, Michelle, you mentioned in the summer listening to pot. Oh, <laughs> I read that wrong. You listened. You wow. Okay, let's try that again. Also, on the last episode, Michelle, you mentioned in the summer listening to podcasts and watching Netflix. What are some of your favorites, and do you have some favorites as well, Bridget? Top teacher, I completely understand where you're coming from. So first, to answer your question, some of the podcasts that I feel like I listen to a lot, this kind of sounds super morbid, but I love a lot of the crime shows, like things to listen to. So I love to listen to Dateline. I still listen to... um, Oh, man, there's going to be, I mean, anything crime related, I feel like that's kind of what I listen to. I like all the true crime stuff. And so Netflix, to be honest, I don't watch a ton of Netflix stuff. Like, I know it's really bad. I just, I've been getting further and further away from actually watching shows on Netflix or shows just in general on TV. That for me, I like to either just relax and watch a couple of YouTube documentaries and that's really about it. So I'm sorry, I'm a very boring old person. Um, But going back to your TSH, placing things just anywhere is a whole lot easier, but I completely understand where you're coming from because I've I've definitely been there. And you really have to think long-term effects when it is that when you are doing that. So when you place things anywhere, what this is doing is it's causing a ripple effect that comes from an Every time you find yourself going back to these old ways, remind yourself of what will happen by doing this. First of all, I think I want to start tracking how many episodes of ours you mentioned being old because it's a very high number. Who, me? Um, or no, yes, her. you. Yes, you. no, you. She didn't say she was old. You mention it in like nearly every episode. Because I feel like I'm getting old. Guys, I'm getting grays and like my memory is fading. I'm just struggling. <laughs> Okay, we're just going to move on. Um, It's okay. Reading the TSH, honestly, my thoughts immediately went to our last episode, which was episode 084, Top 5 Organizational Mistakes to Avoid This School Year. We share a lot about how to maintain your organizational system and why you may be falling off track. So definitely go back and listen to that episode. But in terms of show suggestions, I absolutely loved Mare of Easttown. It's on HBO. You might already have access to HBO depending on your TV subscription. If not, it's worth getting a subscription just to watch the show and then you can cancel it after. Currently, Billy and I are watching Curb Your Enthusiasm, which is also on HBO and we just love it. In terms of podcast recommendations, obviously I recommend listening to our podcast. Um, I actually listened to our podcast on my road trip to Austin, You're which was work. kind of funny. I don't but know. I love it, was, it. it was fun to go back and like re-listen to old episodes. That's cute. But I, 
Thank you. I also really love the podcast Stuff You Should Know. The episodes are about the most random things ever, but it's just a lot of fun. But today's episode is all about a very popular Netflix show called The Home Edit. Yeah. Okay. So here's going to be my confession, Michelle, to you and to everyone else that's out there listening. So I remember specifically when the home edit did come out. I remember my sister contacting me and saying, oh my gosh, Bridget, this is so you. You're such a colorful person, which girl, she lied because I am not colorful at all. I'm like, who are you thinking of? That is not me. Um, But she really wanted me to watch it because she was like, you're really good at organizing. You like organization. And I told Michelle about it. So guys, listen, we said that we were going to go back and rewatch it. And I must have in my brain thought I had watched all the episodes. Guys, I quit after the first one. Because <laughs> I'm sitting here and like watching all the episodes, taking notes on them for this, for this, you know, podcast recording. And I'm like, oh, I actually never actually like watched any of it. Like I quit after the first one. So interesting. Well, I was going to say, yeah, so Bridget watched the home edit first and then I watched it. I watched but apparently. It she only watched one episode. I only um, watched one. Okay. Well, I then watched it back when I was going to the Maldives for our honeymoon. So this was in October of 2020. I was super busy. So until I had like a long plane ride, I had no time to watch Netflix. So I downloaded the episodes on my iPad. I watched them on the plane. And after watching it, I had called Bridget and we started talking about some of our thoughts. Apparently her thoughts were only from one episode. It was. Okay. Uh, And we realized like, no, 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 let's pause on this and do a future episode. So we just kind of put a pin in it until now. Um, Let's talk about rewatching the episodes real quick. So (laughs) I'm going to be, I'm going to be 100% transparent. And Bridget, I didn't tell you this. Okay. Bridget and I decided a week ago that we were going to rewatch the episodes or, you know, if you're Bridget, watch them for the first time and (laughs) (laughs) basically take notes. And then we would not share them with each other until today. Right. So I'm like, all right, I've got a week. There's eight episodes. Not a problem. I'll get there. Well, all of a sudden, you know, Monday came and Tuesday came and Wednesday came and all of a sudden it it was Saturday night, um, last night. And I was like, I have to watch the home edit. We did not get home until like nine o'clock at night. So that's when I started watching it. Okay. I did get through five. I got through five episodes. Okay, good. Yeah, that's pretty decent. I mean, it's over halfway. Billy even started watching it with me at one point, um, (laughs) which was funny. And I did not go back and rewatch the last three episodes, but I did see them back in October. So we both have seen the episodes like at least once. And you have a really good memory. Yeah, for the most part. Like, like it's I remember really weird how good of a memory you have for very specific things. And then other things, I'm like, wait, what did I have for breakfast? But <laughs> so just go into this knowing like some of the later episodes I've seen them. It's just, you know, yeah. kind of been a while. Well, guys, I, I, well, I have to tell you. So Trent was watching these episodes with me because I would basically watch two a night. And so last night I had four left um, because I, I guess I skipped a night in there or whatever, but I had four left. And I just started fast forwarding through them. Uh, Listen, I've got to be very honest. Like, I feel like I'm watching a cheesy, like, reality TV show. And I'm not, I'm not here for that. Like, I'm sorry. This goes back to me just not having things that I watch on Netflix. Like, I'm not a TV person. I just don't love it. Like, it's not my thing. And so the girls, like, do not give me, I don't even know their names. What are their names? Clea and Joanna. Okay. Those two girls. 
Listen, the blonde hair one, she is always smiling. I really That's enjoy Clea. her. Okay. The other one, the one with the brown hair, she she stresses me out. <laughs> there are moments where I'm just like, stop talking. Stop rolling your eyes at that person. Why are you being rude to your customer? <laughs> so, I, listen, I they're very good at organizing, but... It just wasn't. This is probably why I stopped after the first episode because I was like, "Oh, this feels like a cheesy like reality TV." Now, if you're into reality TV, this is all you. You will love it, love it. So basically, we're gonna now share the rest of our thoughts. Bridget just had to get that <laughs> off of our chest. I did. I'm really sorry, uh, but my thoughts right now, from this moment forward, is not gonna be about them or like the making of it. Right? It's more so about the organization. So yes. they are very good at organizing. Very yes. good. So we're going to share things that we loved from the show or like things that we agree with and kind of our thoughts of like applying it to teaching. And then we're also going to share some things that we maybe disliked or things that maybe don't translate over into teaching quite as well. I'm going to start us by just saying while I was watching this, I was just sitting there like, I would love to be a professional organizer. It's mm -hmm. funny because that's something my mom growing up always told me that I could do because I've been organized my whole life. And she always said like, oh, you could be a professional organizer. And I was watching this show and I was like, I just want to be that so bad. And Billy even said, he was like, you could be on that show. I was like, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, that's such a good compliment. Thank you so much. I completely agree. I think you would be great at it. But I was very curious at the very end of this. I started asking Trent, I said, you know, I wonder what their homes are like. Like if they're really this, per like they're professional organizers, I'm very curious at what their homes are going to look like. And yeah. this goes into some of the things that I, I, I'm going to talk about disliking in a little bit, but I'm just curious. I would love to see their homes. Yeah, no, I think that's a really good point. So let's start with their main like system when it comes to organization. So this is actually mentioned in the intro of every single episode. Mm -hmm. So it's three words, edit, categorize, contain. I don't know about you, Bridget, but when I was hearing that, I'm like, we preach that all the time. Edit uh -huh. refers to like going through and purging and getting rid of stuff. Categorizing is just that. It's putting things into categories. And then containing is all about like finding the right space, finding the right bin. We talked a lot about this in the last episode about those yeah. organizational mistakes. It was all centered around those things. Yeah. And guys, we hadn't watched that. Well, I hadn't watched the home edit. <laughs> by that time. But one of the other things that they mention when they're looking at categorizing and then containing are zones. They talk a mm -hmm. lot about creating these zones. And so I really like how when they edit it out, they kind of show and they box in the different zone areas and they label what that zone specifically is for. And we even mentioned that in our last episode, like how that works for us as teachers and creating these zones in our classroom so that the flow really works um, for everyone. Yeah, I had com I had put that in my notes too, Bridget, about them creating zones. What I think is interesting is it's not like they go into a space and they say, these are the zones you need to have. So for example, they don't go into every single closet and say, oh, you need pants and you need this and you need that. What they do is they take an inventory of what that person has and they create their zones around it. I'm thinking about the one episode. I don't even know who the lady was. So if you're not familiar and you haven't watched the episodes, Every episode has like a celebrity and then a like a family. Yeah, like a family or like an everyday person. 
It was the lady with like the crazy closet. Like she had Rachel so Zoe. many clothes. So what's Who funny is that? is that I don't know. But oh, what's okay. funny is that I actually broke it down. All my notes are broken down by episode. So I have all the <laughs> the names of all of the people. <laughs> oh, see, because I was binge watching this last night while yeah. I was binge, binge watching. I was like trying to upload a YouTube video and trying to schedule an email. And like so what it was you're just on in the background is that I'm way better prepared than you are today. Hold on. Hold on. This was my <laughs> second time watching the episodes not my first um <laughs> but in her closet she had a whole area for like basically like animal prints or like like snake yeah. skins and stuff because she had a lot of that and, and so I think too. yes yeah she had like a, a vintage Chanel section yeah. I'm like okay <laughs> So it, it's something that when it comes to teaching, you have to take inventory of what you have and then create your zones. So for example, I used to have just a math zone. And then once I started teaching reading, I had to then create a reading zone. So you have to take a look at what you personally need and create your zones based on that. Yeah. And one of the real big things that kind of stuck out me, and that's from the exact same episode. And I think they mentioned this a few times in like other ones, but they talk about exceeding your zone allotment Mm -hmm. and that you have to really make tough choices and you can't go over the zone. That really stuck out to me because it's basically saying, listen, you got to stop buying stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, when we're looking at and I can't remember where this was coming from. But when we look at how much we have a tendency to just buy, buy, buy versus just being happy with the things that we have in our classrooms, like we're always looking for things, new novelty items, new this, new that. Um, And instead, just using the stuff that already works. So keeping things and creating a zone space, but then also telling yourself, I can't go outside of the zone. So if I fill it up to the maximum, which we'll talk about too, but if I fill that up to the maximum, I can't buy anything else for that. Yeah. So I have a couple things to say in response to that, Bridget. First of all, it made me think about how I've tried to now really focus on like, okay, I have these items. If I get a new one, I need to get rid of something I Mm -hmm. already had. I used to have a bad habit of just holding on to stuff. So for example, Converse, this sounds really weird, but I wear Converse. I have two different pairs. I have my like every day I'm running to the store Converse. And then I have my gym Converse. Fun fact, I actually use a Sharpie and I label the gym Converse with the letter G underneath because I don't want to mix them up. It's so cute. cute. Um, That is cute. (laughs) And I remember when the one pair was getting kind of icky, I ordered new ones. Initially, I was like, oh, I'm just going to hold on to the old ones in case I need them. And then I realized, I'm like, no, Michelle, just get rid of it and get the new pair and replace the other ones. Also recently, I pulled out my laminator, one of three that I have. Yes, I have three laminators. Uh, And actually, it was not working properly. So the things kept getting jammed. And I realized, I was like, I'm going to have to get rid of this laminator. My first thought went to, oh, I need another one. And I said, Michelle, you had had three, which means you still have two. You don't need a new one. one. Like, get rid of the one that's not working and, like, just keep the two that you have. But there was the episode where they were creating, like, the garage gym, Bridget. That was for Chloe. Yeah. Okay. Kardashian. Well, yes. But what episode number as well? (laughs) Was it episode? Hold on. Three. I was gonna say. I'm pretty sure it was three. (laughs) Yes. But in that same episode, they also did one for like a family where they were kind of like into fitness. So that's the part I'm referencing. 
there was a time where the lady wanted to have a space for things she wanted to sell, which I understand because I have that too. But she also wanted that like gym garage. And the organizers, Clea and Joanna, basically had to say to her, like, okay, you need to pick and choose. Would you rather one area be smaller to create space for another? So for example, would you rather have more cell space or more fitness like area space? Mm -hmm. You can't have both. And they mentioned something about like, you can have the thing or the space. You can't have both. It reminded me a lot of what we say about how you're always saying no to something. So when you say yes to a responsibility, you're saying no to watching Netflix or spending time with your family. Yeah, no, absolutely. So I wanted to mention another little piece that really stuck out to me. And I wrote this as like a big yes, like I have like arrows going to it. So to me, it was really, really important. But this was episode six when they're doing the 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 playroom. But then they also have Allie, which is in Brooklyn, do you remember that episode? Yes. Oh, was that Neil Patrick Harris? Yes. Thank you. Yes. I couldn't remember his name. And I was like, yeah. I can see the face, but I don't know who that is. Yeah. Um. So one of the things that really stuck out to me and he said she or she said so much stuff and there's so many choices for kids because there's like an abundance of items that kids don't really know what to use there because there's too many choices that are happening there. And so for teachers, when we really think about some of the things that we have and um, we have to really consider like how much stuff are we actually putting out for kids? Are we giving them way too many choices? And this past week, I'm making like another connection because we know connections are important. But um, I was looking on Instagram and Donalyn Miller, I always struggle to say her name, but she created a post that said, um, there is a such thing as too many books. And I actually put it in my video this week. And that there's a difference between acquiring versus curating. And that as teachers, we should be curating our spaces versus just acquiring stuff. And this goes back to what they're talking about at the Home Edit, that when we have an abundance of items, we don't know what to choose because we don't really see it, which is why they use so many clear plastic bins. And it makes mm-hmm. sense now because when you use like the the ones that are covered, you don't know what's there. So you're not going to try and use that more often. But going less, like less truly is more in this case, because then you're you're going to find yourself more likely to pull those materials and actually use them in your classroom. Yeah, that makes me think of that phrase that you use a lot, Bridget, where you say, if everything is important, then nothing is important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. So I really liked that episode. I think that one and then the one where they do the classroom, I thought was really interesting. (laughs) And I think we're going to reference the classroom one. Um, That's episode seven. But the classroom one is going to be like a likes and there's some things that I don't really love about it. But I'll mention that later. (laughs) I was going to say when we get to that, I'm going to let you kind of steer the conversation. What's funny is I had a thought that I put down, not even watching that episode, but just something I remembered from the first time that I watched it. We talked about it. Yes. It was one of the first things that we talked about with the show. So we will come back to that. But there's a couple other things I wanted to highlight that I really liked or kind of ideas. So first of all, they mention a lot in the show about setting 
goals. So for example, like, you know, having your closet kind of sectioned off, like could be your specific goal. Like I really want to have a section for athletic clothes or within your classroom, like you could have a goal of, well, I want my materials to be easily accessible for my students. When you go into the organization with that goal in mind, it's going to help you kind of figure out how you need to configure things and what bins to use and all of that. So figure out like, is your goal to be super functional? Is your goal aesthetics? Like there may be certain things that your goal is just like, I want that area to look pretty. You know what I mean? And that's okay to have that. So no, I think that's a great one. There were a few other things that I just want to mention um, before we kind of move on to some of those dislikes. So and this is not so much as like the big idea of organization, but some things that they talked about that that really struck out at me. And I'm like, ooh, I do that at home and maybe need to even make some changes at home and in my own classroom. But one of the things that they said was that everything, the containers that they use need to be snug. And they are very particular about the type of containers that they have. There is no wasted space. Like everything fits like snug as a bug in a rug. Is that the saying? Yeah. Like inside of the drawers, inside of the, like the cabinets, on the shelves, like everything is snug. And that helps to make sure that I guess it keeps those zones and it also prevents you from overflowing, which is really important. And I know for me, I have certain things like on my shelves in my classroom and drawers that are not snug. And I feel like every time I open it up, you know, they kind of shift a little bit because the drawers are so big and excessive that it's like, whew, that's a lot of stuff to be able to put inside of there. And so I'll get back to that in a little bit. But the other thing that they talked about is um, turntables, lots of turntables. I have never been a big person. Like I've never really understood turntables I get it now like after watching this I'm like oh I really want to buy turntables <laughs> even for my classroom like I would love to like have one of those deep shelves where I'm able to just kind of turn things around oh that is satisfying as I'll get out <laughs> yeah can I just say I have embraced the turntables here at home And it has been a game changer. So the first place I put a turntable was actually under my kitchen sink to hold all of my cleaning supplies. Prior to this, I I had seen this like hack, quote unquote, on Pinterest years ago, where you would have like a big caddy that would hold all of the Mm -hmm. cleaning supplies. But then the things in the back, I was never using and I forgot they were there. The turntable has been perfect for it because I can easily spin it, get to the item I need. And what I love is, again, it contains it. So I'm not allowed to buy any other cleaning supplies until I use up what is in there and I have space to put the new item. Yeah. And you mentioned that part. And one of the things that they also talk is like a backlog system. Mm -hmm. So like for me, I think of like my basement as like my backlog system, because what we do is we have in our pantry and stuff, we will keep specific items, but we have a tendency to shop at like Sam's clubs and, and, you know, to save, but also kind of buy an excess of it. Because when we start to get busy, we don't go shopping as often. But in our basement, we have it kind of categorized and organized to where we can just go down there and replenish our pantry first using our backlog. And then from there, um, going and replenishing the backlog item so that you're constantly using it in like this rotation. So I really liked that as well. Yeah. So in the show, they refer to that as backstock. Oh, I not just backlog. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's the same concept. Um, yeah. 
I just recently reorganized my pantry and the top shelf, which is the shelf that's difficult for me to reach, I have that all dedicated to backstock. So when the time comes for me to replenish it, I can get out my step stool and use it. Um, I had a couple things that I wanted to comment on as well before we get into like the dislikes. Go. So one of the things that they did, it was in one of the closet episodes, and this is something I've done myself, but I never really thought about it as being like a good tip. They were trying to store handbags. They found the tallest handbag and found the best space to hold that handbag and then put the other ones in. And that was something where I was like, oh, I do that all the time. But if you're not doing it, it's something to consider. If you're putting items into a space, find the biggest, find the tallest, put it there first to make sure it's going to fit. And then, you know, all the rest of them will fit as well. Yeah, no, I think that that's a really smart idea. And then I have something that goes into the dislikes when it comes to that. <laughs> okay. Okay. We're almost there. I had just a couple other things. Um, one comment they made was don't go against the grain. So when it comes to organizing, make sure you go with how you're already kind of functioning what your routine is and what's going to work for you. Because again, you have to maintain it. And if it's super opposed to how you live your life, you're not going to maintain it. So for me, again, I mentioned my pantry. I have all of my snacks at eye level where a lot of people might be like, no, I put that down low so I don't see it. No, no, no. Snacks are a big part of my life. So I put it in the main shelf so that I would easily be able to see it because that makes sense for me. Yeah. Uh, and then one other thing was about hangers. So again, this was in one of the closet episodes. They talked about how having matching hangers just makes it look more polished. Mm-hmm. It's not a necessity, but if you're going for that aesthetic goal, having matching bins, matching containers, we've talked about this on the podcast before, it's going to be that extra step that's just going to make things look a lot you know, a lot more pleasing to the eye, if you will. Right. It doesn't feel chaotic, right? I think when you have all these mismatched items, it, your eye doesn't know where to go. So I feel like it's darting from one thing to another, to another, to another, because it, it doesn't have like that cohesiveness. Um, and so it just feels calming versus feeling chaotic when you have everything that's just mismatched. So I completely agree there. Yeah. All right. I think I'm ready to go into the dislikes. I have one more like general comment that I'm going to make that's something I like about the show, but I'm going to save that for like toward the end of the episode to kind of okay. bring it back to like a positive yeah. vibe, if you will. So good. Bridget, I, ha- I feel like I have a ton too. <laughs> okay. So I don't have that much for dislikes. Um, so I'm interested to see what you bring up. So I'm going to let you just, just go to town first. Uh, okay. I mean, I, I feel like there are quite a few things. And so the first thing that I'm going to really mention is that they purchase all of their containers all at once and they're bringing in bags and boxes and I get it like I completely understand if you're going to have a professional organizer come in they're going to buy all of the stuff that makes it cohesive because it's going to make it feel organized but as teachers we can't drop $500, $600 on these acrylic clear containers to help make our classrooms organized. And we have such, so many things in our classroom that it's so hard to buy containers all in one shot. Um, Some of us are on budgets. I know everybody's price or their salaries are all very different. And so a lot of the times for us, we just take what we can get and then we just build it from there. So that's kind of hard to be like, well, I'm going to I'm going to I can't go out and buy this. My classroom's never going to feel organized 
because of the fact that you have everything just different. Do you know what I mean? So like, it's not realistic. Yeah. That was a dislike I wrote down as well. The biggest thing for me is the fact that they don't even mention the prices and that kind of rubs me the wrong way. I get it. It's a TV show and I guarantee you like Netflix paid for it anyway. So it's not like they were even buying it or the people having their space organized. I was curious about that. I was curious about that. I mean, but I still feel like they should disclose like I wish that they would show the space when they kind of do that, like before and after, and they would say, here's the amount we spent so that people can realize again, it's that whole, like you're seeing that Pinterest perfect organization and you're never going to fully live up to that. Like you said, unless you're willing to drop five, $600 on bins. And I'll be honest, I created my dream pantry about a week ago and I dropped a lot of money on bins. It's something I was willing to do. It's something I had already decided I was going to do going into it, but I have, I never done that, you know, to that extent in my classroom. And so you would see these pictures of other people's spaces and you're like, you feel bad about yourself when it's, it's something you could do, but it's more about how are you prioritizing your money? I just wish they had been more transparent. (laughs) You know, they're clear acrylic bins. (laughs) I wish they had been more transparent on like, here's the cost to do this. Yeah. And it basically is an advertisement for the container store because that's where they have all of their items. You know, they're using their items that they've created in collaboration with the container store. And I don't know if y'all have ever been to a container store, but it is expensive. (laughs) It is not the cheapest place to go and buy some of the containers. But for me, you know, when I even think just as a teacher, because that's what we're doing, we're comparing the home edit and looking at how we can utilize some of their ideas, their strategies, and putting it into our classrooms to make our classrooms feel like a really good space. But to be honest, like when it comes to organization, if I'm, am I going to put in, you know, five, $600 in my classroom or in my home, I'm going to put it in my home because to me, that's going to be the space that I want to build up first. So again, it's so hard to be able to say like, yeah, that looks beautiful, but I don't, I'm not going to be able to get it there because those containers cost a ton of money. And even last year, Michelle, like right at the very end, I told you I was getting rid of all my binders inside of my classroom. So I was purging like crazy. What was creating, um, you know, the bins for the scrapbooks that you can buy at Michael's, the really mm-hmm. big ones. Yep. I started buying those just to be able to organize some of the activities and sorts and games that I just don't want to reprint year after year after year. Do you know what I mean? And so Mm -hmm. I store them in there and I have them categorized by um, the different units. So like in math and in reading. But holy moly, like I probably spent 150 bucks and I still don't have enough to be able to organize it all. It it truly is. It costs so much money. Um, to be able to do something like that. So it just makes it just a teeny beanie went (laughs) unrealistic when you're watching that. Yeah. And, but let's go back to what you mentioned about how most teachers are not going to buy their bins all at once because they can't afford to. Mm -hmm. I think what's important to keep in mind is that that is okay. But if you want to establish that cohesive look, make sure you choose a type of bin where you know you'll always be able to find it. So for example, Sterilite makes a lot of bins that they always have like they have their staples they have other ones that they kind of bring in during certain seasons so Mm -hmm. it might be it might be certain colors or certain styles i don't go for those the one you know the shoe boxes where they have a different color lid for every season it's like they come out with new ones you know what i mean so choose a very standard bin that you're going to be able to find years from now 
when I first started kind of investing in organizational bins for my classroom, I researched and chose the Sterlite latch bins. They have like colored latches on the side and I can still go out today and buy more of those because they're still held in stock in places. So just keep that in mind that you don't have to buy them all at once. You can still create that cohesive look a little bit at a time so long as you select the correct bin. No, completely agree. Um, Okay, so moving on to another thing that I kind of pinpointed. On episode two, one of the things that really stuck out with me is that they talk about the shelving just kind of being a hindrance and moving the shelving around. Mm -hmm. That's not possible for teachers. I mean, we've just got to be honest. Like if I look in my classroom, I can't resize my shelves. My like my shelves, my classroom is old. It is the way it is. That is not going to change. It is not going to move. I can't move those around. Like I would have to be able to build other shelving pieces onto it. But again, you're talking more money than I'm having to spend of my own putting into my classroom just to create it as an organized space. So it's like, ooh, is that really something that I truly want to do? Because they move those shelves constantly, right? So we're looking at Rachel Zoe's, like they were they were moving it and adjusting the heights in order to make it fit for specific items. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I have been able to move the shelves in my room. Um, Lucky. Yeah. And and. But what I was going to say to give them credit in the show, there are moments where they show things not working out. And this is actually kind of that positive thing that I was going to come back to. So for example, I think it's when they were doing the Kardashian girls garage, they had gotten these shelves and they, when they were trying to put them in, they realized that they didn't fit. And so Mm -hmm. they had to reconfigure and go, okay, well let's put these over here instead. And I think that's very realistic in terms of the classroom. You may try to put things in a certain space, realize it doesn't work and you have to kind of shift gears and that's okay. No, I completely agree with that part of it. Um, one of the other things that really stuck out to me, and this is like a very minor thing. And for some reason, I just think of like my gross kids in my classroom <laughs> when she put the tape on the floor in Chloe's <laughs> garage. Yes. I'm like, ooh, that's a really pretty paint color. I was like, mm, that would get really dirty, <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> Do you know how many times I have to change the tape on my floor? <laughs> yeah, I had the same the thought. Like, Which- it was like, that would get gross super in quick. the moment I was like why don't they just paint lines on the floor which I realize they at least they say in the show that they do this in like a day who knows if that's actually accurate but right. and I think that that's why they make some of those decisions but yeah, yeah that that was a similar thought that I had <laughs> yeah no definitely Okay, so I'm looking at some other ones. And so I kind of, like I mentioned, labeled them down by episode. Um, Okay, we're going to get into the one I think we all really want to talk about. And that's going to be the episode where they're doing the classroom. Go for it. Because this is a really big episode. So episode seven, if you guys have not watched it, they organize a classroom. And it's not like a, it's like a youth center type yeah. thing where it's like an after school where like a bunch of kids will come in and they help kind of support them with their their um, academics but then they also give them a place to come and stay um so it's not but it's still like a classroom look and this kind of made me feel okay let me see what they do in an actual classroom space where they have a huge bulk of items that they're having to organize but something that they did <laughs> that Michelle and I will talk about a ton is the rainbow. They are all about organizing everything in rainbow colors. Is that realistic, Michelle? Here are my thoughts, okay? (laughs) (laughs) 
first of all, yes, this is a consistent thing throughout all the episodes. Honestly, I think it's part of their brand. So I kind of give them a pass. It's part of their brand and that's fine. It's actually mentioned in the intro of every episode. What bothers me is they say, well, it's aesthetically pleasing, which I wholeheartedly agree. Agree. But they say it's also functional. And I'm like, is it though? For certain things? Absolutely. I think color coding is a game changer. For example, clothes. My closet, which my closet's kind of organized in a weird way. I first have it categorized by the type of shirt. So like long sleeve, short sleeve, tank top. And then within each category, I do have it rainbow order. I have it categorized by color. And that works really well because when I go to wear a shirt, I'm like, wait, where were my black shirts? Or if I'm looking for a specific shirt, I know exactly where to put it. I'm sorry, putting books in rainbow color in a classroom library is not functional is not functional in any way, shape, or form. And what bothers me, and again, I did not rewatch this episode, so I'm thinking back to like last October. So it's been almost a year, well, eight months or whatever. They make a comment about how, oh, if the kid wants to read such and such such book, they're going to go to the yellow books. I've never in my life met a kid that thinks like that. That's not how they go to look for the book. They don't go, oh, well, the spine of that book is yellow, so I need to look in the yellow section. I just don't in any way agree that that's functional. Yeah, no, that was one of the biggest things that I put is that they are trying to organize. And they even say in that episode, they're not looking it up by author. I'm like, boo, they're if they're like some of these kids that are coming in are like 14, 15 years old. They need to start knowing what an author is. They're, they are going to start looking things up by author. We want to encourage them to identify authors or even organize it by title if you wanted to do it that way and not have it by author. But to say that it's rainbow colored, that's not going to happen. But they even had those beautiful little turntable things like, oh, mm-hmm. I love it. I really want to get some of those now. <laughs> but they even organized the crayons by color. And I'm like, give it a day. <laughs> Yeah. I'm like, one day crayons are going to be broken. Crayons are going to be spilled like that. It, it's or they're going to be placed in different areas like that's not going to stay. And at the end of the day, when you're dealing with 20, you know, five kids in your class, you're going to choose battles. And let me tell you, trying to organize things by rainbow color in your classroom is going to be the battle that you choose to let go. <laughs> Yeah. And that's not to say you can't have that kind of aesthetically pleasing area in your classroom. You definitely can. And honestly, you could make it your teacher desk because that's going to be an area that only you use. So if you want to arrange certain things in color order on your desk, go for it. If you want to arrange your teacher pens in rainbow order, be my guest. But I'm sorry, like other items in the classroom, like Bridget said, it's like, pick your battle. Is that really worth it? And is that going to be maintained over time? Probably not. And when it comes to student supplies, we talked earlier about how you have to set a goal. The number one goal for that space should just be that it's functional. You want a system that's going to be functional and easy to maintain because as teachers and in the classroom, we don't have a lot of time. So we need something that's easy and that's quick and that's going to meet our students' needs. And that should be the number one priority, not how pretty does it look because the rainbow color order. Yeah, exactly. But to be honest, like the overall, like just looking at the series itself, I didn't have a ton of of negatives from how they go about organizing the items. I think the rainbow color is going to be the one. But like you mentioned, it is part of their brand. That's kind of what they strive for. But that's not going to be something that's realistic for us in a classroom. Maybe our space, but not for everybody. 
Um, but overall, I really like their organizational system. I like how they go through the process of purging things out, of doing that edit piece, and then containing it. I think for me, that's going to be the biggest thing is just being able to contain everything. And now I understand for them that they don't just place items on a shelf. It is going to have some form of a container, whether it's just sitting up inside of it or whether that it's like placed in there with a lid, it's stackable, it's like a drawer system. They have so many pretty things, holy moly. But that is is huge, right? Having something that everything is contained. And the only area that I really, that kind of sticks out to me other than like my crafts and things like that is going to be my uh, book club books. So all of those are contained in their own little basket so that when I'm ready to read that for my book clubs, I'm able to just pull that basket out and it has all the books that I need and it has a number of books that I have. So it does make things so much easier when it comes to just grabbing what you need and just going. Yeah, I agree. Overall, I agreed with, uh, I just used the word agreed twice within like 10 seconds. Come on, Michelle. (laughs) Overall, I found a lot of parallels in the way that they organize and some of the tips and things that we've shared on our channel, which mm-hmm. was good. Again, I felt very justified. I was like, yes, yeah. I've been doing it the right way. Yep. <laughs> and overall, like I had more positives and negatives besides the rainbow books. That's just one that I cannot let go. I did have one other little like dislike that I had just mentioned. And I think this was more of like a me thing. And they actually talk about that in the show. They talk about us problems, which are like the little things that matter to them that probably don't matter to anyone else. And they kind of have a discussion about like, is it something worth fixing or solving? So at one point they have a dresser in a closet and it's sticking out a little bit. So there could be things in your classroom that are like you problems, things that you really care about. And if you want to take the time or spend the money to solve that problem and it makes you happy, go for it. But I think it was episode, honestly, it may have been episode one now that I think about it or two, they do what they call an ambush organizing. So the lady does not know that they're coming. They redo her closet. Bridget's like, oh, I have, I have something to say it was, with that. It was one. It was one. one. Oh, okay. I just okay. wanted to say it was episode one. <laughs> okay. She was holding up a finger and I thought it was like, oh, like I have something to say, but she was telling me episode one. Personally, when they mentioned that, as soon as they said ambush organizing, I went, not a good idea. Not a good idea. It makes me think about how you have to be ready to make a change. And if you are someone that's disorganized, having a professional organizer come in and make changes to your space is not going to be maintainable unless you have started to build those habits Mm -hmm. and created that discipline and accepted that you want to make a change. I just feel like if you're not at that place, it's not going to be maintained. And that kind of makes me think back to like one of the TSHs, I think it was in our last episode where she mentioned like, oh no, it was this episode. Um, The top teacher mentioned like putting things back and not keeping up with the system. Mm -hmm. Like, and to me, that means you have not built the habits necessary to be able to actually make those long-term changes. Yeah. I always think of hoarders for that. Yeah. The the episodes of hoarders, like having somebody come in, you really have to handle like the psychological piece of it before in order to ensure that it's something that they consistently keep up with. Yeah. 
And that's really important. I think one other just kind of positive thing that I want to throw out there is they talk a lot about like touch access being versus being stored. Um, and so for us as teachers, we can also think about what are those items that we're going to constantly be going to and creating a really good flow system of how that's going to work. I really like how even in that doctor, that was the first episode, that was mm-hmm. that closet where they're like, oh, she's going to grab her doctor items and then she's going to put her purse items. Like it was a beautiful flow. So thinking about like your schedule, your day and organizing it around that schedule and day, I think is going to make a really big impact to how you maintain your systems as well. Yeah, your organization should fit your routine. Now, before we close out this episode, I had one little just like funny story to kind of share. Oh, I like So there was an episode where they organized a lady's bedroom. And Bridget, do you remember what they found in her bedside table? Oh, it was a flipping um, uh, pregnancy test. Yeah. Now, do not get excited. I'm not sharing. No, 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 no. (laughs) As soon as I started this story, I was like, oh, wait, they're going to think that. No, no, no. That's That's not it. Here's a story. When Billy and I were editing or purging things from our house to move, (laughs) Billy's mom had given him like, you know, big containers full of like memory stuff from his childhood and he had not gone through it. So I was like, Billy, we need to sit down. We need to go through all of these items and we need to like decide what you're going to keep because his mom kept everything everything like like a picture that he scribbled on when he was two like was in there and I was like really like come on you're not an artist like we can throw this away so (laughs) (laughs) within all of that stuff at one point there was a bag of stuff that his mom had kept from like his baby time oh my god I'm getting nervous just say it (laughs) there was her pregnancy test from Billy we also had a little lock of his hair we had her hospital bracelet from when she gave birth we had every single card she was okay, given wait a second like, I do have the pregnancy bracelets because I put on, it pre- in their little album pregnancy bracelets like, you get a bracelet? bracelet I'm sorry the hospital bracelet <laughs> yes the ho- and the I think baby and mom that is fine I even understand the lock of hair to me though those are items that she should keep. Those are sentimental for her, not so much for him. <laughs> like, like, mom, this is weird. <laughs> yeah. Um, his, I think there were some of his like baby teeth in there. Like I know oh. my mom kept my baby teeth. She's also a what dental hygienist. Oh, well, I, she's she just likes it. Yeah, she just has them. But like, those are for her. I'm like, I don't want my baby teeth. Like you keep that. If that's sentimental for you, like you keep it. I don't want it. So anyway, I just had the, the little note pregnancy test in the drawer because I'm like, I have experienced that. I love it. That is great. Well, guys, I hope that you all have enjoyed this little chatty episode. And we really did enjoy kind of looking at the home edit. Um, Me for the first time, Michelle for the second, and going back and looking at how we can take some of these ideas and strategies and be able to put them into our own classrooms to just make ourselves be a little bit more organized. So if you will, please head over to teachingonthedouble.com. That is our website. And submit your time-psyching hurdle. We want to know what is your TSH, and you will have a chance to be featured right here on the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so that you are notified the next time we drop a new episode, which is on Thursday mornings. And also, please leave a review over on iTunes. We really do like to hear your feedback. So until next time, be timely, stay organized, and be productive. Bye-bye. See ya.